0: I'd have to say that I'm an excellent driver. I'm an excellent driver. I'm really good at driving. You know, Chris paid me the ultimate compliment about my driving. He said that I'm a really good driver for a girl. Didn't you? But I think I'm an excellent driver. I am an excellent driver, and, and there'll be many married couples in the room that can relate to this example I'm about to give you. So often we'll drive somewhere. Say we uh, recently we went to a friend of ours' 60th birthday party, and it was in Redlands on the other side of Brisbane. It was like a two-hour drive, and it was on a. I think we'd just flown back from Hillsong Conference, so you know we were tired, and and so Chris very gallantly drove down, and then after we'd been to the party and everyone was tired, he said you know what you can drive home I was like thanks but because I'm an excellent driver and I don't actually ever fall asleep while I'm driving that's the reason I get to drive so I hopped into the driver's seat right I don't know that we were like 50 meters down the road before he'd said do you know what the speed limit is here are you doing the speed I hope you're not speeding I'm like, uh, yeah, I think it's 60, but I'm pretty good. And, and then we got out onto the highway. one. He's like, you're going to pass that car? you going to pass that car? You're just going to hang behind that car. you going to pass that car? Are you passing that car? If you're going to pass that car, you need to step out right now and pass that car, put your foot down and flat it. And then I'd flatten it. How fast are you going? Are you exceeding the speed limit? Which lane are you in? Are you going to stay in the right lane? I think you're supposed to stay in the left lane. You stay in the left lane. Watch out for that cyclist. Who's ever? My friends. Nobody likes a backseat driver, right? Now, I'd have to admit I am guilty. Guilty as charged of probably the same thing, but only around town, and only because, in my defense, Chris's uh, direction is sometimes not tremendous when we're going somewhere and he takes off in the opposite direction. But I am gracious now, aren't I? Because sometimes I speak up, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, but he tells me he's got a way that we're going that I'm not aware of. So, um, <clears throat> and I, I, I'm the park person, you know? Do you have a park person when you're in a shopping center and the other person's driving? up, there's a park, there's a park, there's a park, there's a park. Yeah, that's me, sorry. But I'll often say to him, who's the driver? Did you ask me to drive? I won't go into detail about the number of times I've pulled up and suggested that he get back in the driver's seat, But if there was a scripture around that particular scenario, it would be something like, it's no longer you that driveth, but me that driveth the car. Right? Right. Because no one likes a backseat driver, do they? No one likes a backseat driver. My kids, when they were learning to drive, they were excellent backseat drivers. They knew nothing, but they were excellent backseat drivers. And I think life can be a little bit like that. You know, our life with Jesus can be a bit like that. We can get to points in our journey where perhaps life's thrown us a curveball, or a circumstance arises or it just isn't going the way that we think it should go and, and we really don't... know You know those T-junctions where you're like, I just... I don't know. I don't know where to... I, I know that none of you have ever experienced this. But for me, you know, we get there and it's like, I just don't know. And I'm quite happy at that point to throw my hands in the air and say, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, seriously... Get in the driver's seat right now because I have no idea where we're going and I really need you there. And, and often, you know, often we put Jesus in the driver's seat and then we hop where we are, do best in the back seat and then we go, actually, I, I don't really like that turn. And this seems to be taking an awful lot longer than I thought it would take. And are you sure that we're going the right way? I don't really like the scenery. Could you go a bit faster? Really? Like, could you go a bit faster? There's a park we could pull off here and have a little rest. bit tired, nobody's had that experience, just me, just, okay, you're all beautiful. Jesus, take the wheel, because we go, I can't do it, and then all of a sudden we think, yeah, I can, just let me do it, because you're not doing it the way that I want you to do. And we reach over, and we interject, and we go, no, 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 let me show you how it should go. But just like that scripture that should be in the Bible, it's no longer you that driveth, but me that driveth the car, there's a scripture that says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So we're going to have a look at Galatians two seventeen to 21 in the message. And it says this. Have some of you noticed that we are not yet perfect? No great surprise, right? Are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me who go through Christ in order to get things right with God aren't perfectly virtuous... Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin. The accusation is frivolous. If I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting as a charlatan. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could become God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer essential. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I'm not going back on that. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that, to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God could come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. I want to talk to you this morning about being imperfectly, Perfect. And perfectly perfect. We're on a journey, aren't we, in life? Of of getting Christ in our lives and working out what that looks like and allowing him to live through us. Because you see, I think some people think that to be a Christian or to have Jesus as as their Savior is, is just about accepting a set of rules, adopting a set of rules. Now that I'm a Christian, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I won't, I don't. I think that is the most limiting and confining way anyone could ever live. And so far from the way God would want you to leave it, live, live, it's unbelievable. God doesn't want you in this confined life where all you're worried about is what you can't do, what you shouldn't do, what you won't do, what you're not allowed to do, what isn't possible. God is a God of possibility, of hope, of expansive living, and if he lives in us, that's the kind of life that we should be living. How about that? I love that. You know, uh, Chris has preached the last few weeks phenomenal, profound messages, I think, uh, on on how... God would have us live our life and see our lives, how we would see heaven and how we would see hell and how we would interpret the scripture and make sure we interpret it in a life-giving and amazing, expanding way. So if you have missed those, I'd really encourage you to get on the website and listen to them. But it really underscored to me that God is really for us living our best life. I know that sounds kind of trite and we say it a lot, but God is so wanting you to live a life that is large and expansive and tailor-made to you because he knows you. He knows what you're good at. He knows what you love. When I first became a Christian, I thought the only way I could really please God was to become a missionary in Siberia. I'm not kidding. Could you imagine me as a missionary in Siberia? I don't like the cold. I don't like being alone. Could you imagine it? I would have driven the, I don't know, the polar bears in Siberia. I would have driven the the wildlife crazy talking to them. He wants us to live a life that is large and expansive and tailor-made for us. Because at the end of the day, He's the creator. He's the designer, and he's told us that we are all unique and individual. And the way that he's designed you, and the way that he's wired you, and the gifts and purposes and callings and and things that you love that he's put in your life are probably quite different to mine. And he's designed it intric- in- what's that word? intricately, intricately, so that we might discover it over the course of our life and and embrace it, and be able to be those people that he's always seen us to be, because he's the designer. Let me give an example. So I have this watch. It's a smart watch. It's smart, apparently. It's a smart watch. So not only does it light up when I touch it, but, you know, if I do do this, I I get another screen, which I actually put it in flight mode because I know how to do that. That means it won't ring while it's on my arm. I've only recently discovered that. Um, and see, I'm really good at this because now I can't get back. Anyway, anyway, you can flick across the screens. I can get my emails. I can answer phone calls. I can get my texts. I can search the web. Uh, there's a torch on my watch, which is awesome. Um, it's got all sorts of amazing things. It tells me what songs are playing in my car, which is awesome. So it's amazing. It's smart. But I would have to tell you that I wouldn't use a tenth of its capability. I, I've, read, I've read the manual thing. I've Googled stuff, and, and to my... I'll just be honest, but I went to Sydney a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, Sydney's Daylight Savings, and it wasn't paired to my phone, and it took me two days to work out how to change the time um, because I don't really have any understanding of how it worked. However, the creator of this watch, the designer of this watch, knows exactly what it can do. There would not be a feature on this watch that that person is not familiar with, with and doesn't know how to use because he designed it. So when that person wears this watch, they get the maximum benefit out of all the amazing features that this watch has because they know they designed it. For me, I, I use about a tenth of it and I love what I use, but I'm not really familiar with what it should look like and sometimes that can be our lives we look at our lives we're the design piece we have all this amazing potential all this amazing creativity all these amazing gifts and we're not really aware of them because the creator has designed them put them in our lives and then it's our job to allow him to live in us and allow us to find what they are not to limit us but to give us these wide, expansive, amazing lives. It's always been my conviction that God came to make us bigger and better, not smaller and bitter. That's always been my conviction. And I want to talk about that this morning. He wants to do a new thing in us. He doesn't want us to live boring, boring, soul-destroying tiny lives he actually wants to do a new thing in us and if it's up to us we just keep doing the same thing if we're not challenged if we don't allow him to actually live in us to move in us to to be our being we confine ourselves to just what we know and what we think it should look like but he knows the best he knows the best you and what the best you looks like, and across the journey of our lives, he is so committed to find helping you identify that and open that possibility and allow you to walk into it. So I want to have a look at that scripture in Galatians 2 that we read and just look at a couple of the statements that I think will help you in this, help you to embrace your imperfect perfection. That will help you to lean in and continue to be excited about finding out what God is doing in your life, who God is in your life, allowing him to live through you. Are you good? Are we ready to go? So the first thing I notice, it says, ego is no longer central. Paul says here, ego is no longer central. I'm identified completely with him. That means it's not about me anymore. It's not about me anymore. God is totally for you. He totally wants to open the way in front of you. He totally wants to give you the best life you can have. But it's not about you. Does that make sense? It's The world becomes so much bigger when you allow Christ to live in you. So ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Who loves people who think they're important? No one. There you go. There you go. So the English word ego in Latin simply means I, me, me. Mine, you know like in um, Finding Nemo? Mine, 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 me, mine. Who's ever had a conversation with someone like that where you've gone, hello, my name is... My name is Sue. How are you? And and they go. I'm so and so. And this is about me. And I've done this. And this is what sort of car I drive. And this is what sort of job I have. And and I'm pretty important. And actually, I'm a bit of a big deal. And I I I I who knows that is just the most boring conversation on the planet. It's not really a conversation. It's more of a dialogue with themselves. Because it's not about us. It's not about us having to, to self-promote. Ego is when, when you are the headline of your life. And the opposite of ego, if we look at it, is humility and unselfishness. And I, I think that's what we see in God. And When we allow Christ to live in us, We understand that it's actually not about us, but it's about him. Everything that I am and everything that I do is not down to me. It's actually because of who he is and what he has, not who I am and what I have. It's actually about him. And it allows us to be expansive. It allows us to think of other people. It allows that flow to come through our lives where God is like a river coming through us and going, you know, Building our lives, and out of our lives, the overflow builds other people. That's God. It's understanding that everything I have is because of who he is. It's understanding not in a really weird, false, humility, icky sort of, oh, it's all Jesus. No, not that. You know, God gave you a brain. He gave you giftings. He wants you to use it. He wants you to use it, but we need to understand it's all about him. You know, the Bible says we can't actually change the colour of a hair on our head. But we like to think we can. Well, I can with a, with dye, but it doesn't do it permanently. You know, like, we like to think it's all about us. And we've made a way and we've done this because it makes us feel important. But when we really think about it and when we're desperate, we understand it's actually all about him. It's actually all about who he is. The, the fact that I'm standing here breathing air this morning is not about me. It's actually... The breath that he put in my body. The length of days that I has have is improved if I keep healthy, but it is actually all about him and the length of days that he's given me. It's not about me. It's not about ego. And that is really good news. Because if it doesn't depend on you, if your success doesn't depend on you, then your failure is not on you either. Which is great news, Right? So when things don't go the way that you think they should, it's actually not all on you. It's actually you're able to go to God. Well, I don't know what happened there, but we're just going to keep moving forward. I'm not in the doldrums now because I haven't quite achieved what I think that I needed to. We can actually just rely on God and Him and us. And that is good news, right? Second thing, Scripture says, not important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. So I said, who cares what you think? Who'd like to live a life where you really don't care what other people think? Like really don't care what other people think. Not just go, I don't care what you think. But really don't, you're really not swayed by what other people think of you and how you live and what you do. They're not judging you. You're not worried about them judging your success or failure. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? It's not about looking good in front of others by achievement or perceived spirit, spirituality. You know, when I first became a Christian, I, I didn't come from a Christian home, so I wasn't raised in a, a church environment. And, and I found it really quite difficult because, you know, I come in here now, we know what's going to happen, we know how it works and whatever. But when I first went into church world, I found it really hard because I didn't really know what it looked like. And I've told you all a million times about my first experience in church and how I went straight from the club and I thought what I was wearing was very good for a church. It was very good in the dark in a club, but not so good 9.30 in church on Sunday mornings. But I didn't know how to look. So all I had available to me was to mimic. I didn't know. I didn't know about Christ living in me. I didn't know about Christ's transformation. So I just mimicked what I saw but I'm a really bad mimic, really bad, really bad mimic. So that was not going to sustain me. I had to learn that God was living in and through me and, and flowing in and through me. And I was just free to be myself. How good would that be? How different would your life look if you could just be free to be who you are? How good would that be? Imagine not being confined or ruled by the opinions of others. I wonder what that would look like in the real world. I wonder what that would look like in your office, in your work environment, if you could actually just be you. I have, um, a number of really good friends, a number, a lot of really good friends actually, who are, who are not, um, Followers of Jesus, and I used to spend a lot of time with these girls. Have actually moved away now, but I used to spend a lot of time with them. And I remember getting to the point we would have coffee every week, and and they weren't church people, and I was a pastor. That's a really good conversation stopper, just so you know. I had the lady who was grooming our dog this week, and we'd had a really good chat, and we're getting on really well, and laughing. And she was talking to the dog, and then she asked the question: "So, what do you do?" And I said, "I'm a pastor." And we didn't talk anymore. It's like she, I think she was just mentally going back through how many times did I swear, and I don't care about that, but, you know, she wasn't free to be herself, which was really sad. But I can remember with these girls, we would go out, and, and, and in the beginning, knowing, because I've had that reaction a few times, knowing that my world doesn't look like their world, I felt a little bit maybe intimidated, to, to talk about my life. And so we would get together and they'd say, what did you do on the weekend? And they'd talk about what they did on the weekend. And, and I'd be like, you know, I had a good weekend. So what did you do? Well, Saturday I did this and, and Sunday I went to church. And it was really awesome. And um, Because we, we feel like people are going to judge us. We feel we're confined by the opinions of others. I have to tell you that I felt really challenged in that because I thought I'm, this is not a Friendship. This is not a relationship if I'm just listening to them and I'm not actually being open and honest with them. I'm actually not being their friend. I'm not being the true me. I'm not letting them see who I am. Now, I didn't get out a mule-choking Bible and take it to our next coffee date and hit them over the head with it. I just was me. So when they said, what did you do on the weekend? I said, well, actually, every Sunday, I'm in three services. It's awesome. I love it. And this is why I love it. I love seeing what God does in people's lives. And this weekend, this happened. And this weekend, we saw that happen. And you know what? They liked me more, not less. And when they had issues and problems come up in their life, they really liked me because I had some answers. So can I just encourage you? Don't be confined by what people may or may not think about you in the world, in the workplace? What about in in worship? You know, a long time ago, um, a long time ago, everything was a long time ago when you're my age. A long time ago, when I first um, met Jesus, I was in a church that that wasn't particularly expressive in worship. It's just not. It was a lovely church. It's where I got saved. I'll always love them. But they weren't very expressive. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm quite an expressive person. And I wasn't, it wasn't lacking in my life. I just didn't realize it could be part of my life. And I went along to Chris's church when we first met, and they were really, really expressive, like way more expressive than I am expressive, expressive. And I can remember going and thinking, I'm not going to raise my hands in worship because I don't have to. I don't have to raise my hands in worship to to, to express how I feel about God. I can just I can just stand here like this and God knows my heart. You know, that's true. God does know your heart. But sometimes it's really good to tell your face and your body about it. So I can remember standing in that, in that church and, and fighting with God. Who knows? That's never a good idea because he always wins. Fighting with God about expression. You know, like, I, I don't have to, God. I don't have to prove to these people that I'm a Christian and that I'm worshipping you by raising our hands, my hands. And I can remember distinctly the Holy Spirit saying to me, okay, but why wouldn't you? I mean, who's going to argue with God? I'm not going to argue with God. And, you know, that, that for me was a freedom that I was able to walk into. I think I've taken it to the nth degree. But, you know, I'd encourage you in your worship, don't be worried about what the person beside you is thinking. Don't be worried about what your kids might think. Don't be worried about anything. Be just All you need to be worried about is what he thinks. And so for me, you know, I I couldn't think of another scenario where I would stand with my arms beside my sides if I was trying to express something. I can't even talk without using my hands all the time in big gestures. Sometimes it's like they're not really part of me. So why would I try and worship God that way? And it, it actually propelled me into a freedom that I am so glad that I stepped into. So glad because it means that I i am engaged, I'm I'm just present, I'm right with it. And you know what? It's just flat out encouraging for the team as well, you know, when you guys engage. That's what it looks like to be free and not be worried about what other people think. It brings freedom to your life when you're not concerned about the opinions of others. Third thing I want to talk about, It says in that scripture, no longer driven to impress God. Do you know that you can't impress God? Do you know why you can't impress God? Because he's already so impressed with you that you cannot do another thing that would make him any more impressed with you. No matter where your life is at right now, if you are leaning in, going, I'm not sure what's happening, but I'm leaning in, he's impressed with you. If your face is towards him, he's impressed with you. He's just flat out impressed with you. He thinks you're impressive. Have I said it enough? He thinks you're impressive. The fact that we think, I journaled every day this week, God's going to do something sweet for me, is insane. It doesn't move him. It causes us to know him better, but he's not impressed by it. He's not impressed by our well-articulated prayers He's not impressed by that. He's impressed with you already. He's impressed with you already. He loves who you are right now. All the other stuff, the journaling, the prayer, the worship, helps us to become better acquainted with Him, helps us to become more intimate with Him, helps us to be able, us, to be able to hear His voice more clearly and sense what He wants in our lives more clearly. But it doesn't impress Him. And we think we can. I'm a good person. Well, congratulations. It doesn't impress God. He is already impressed with you. He's impressed with you warts and all, failures and all. He thinks you're amazing and that should bring you great joy because you don't have to do anything to impress him. You just have to get to know him in a deeper way. And I love that. I love that our faith is not based on our works. It's not based on how much we do or how much we say or how good we are. He's already impressed. He already thinks you're amazing. He's already leaning in saying, let's go. I've got this amazing, broad, fantastic, exciting life that I've tailor-made just for you. The last thing I want to talk about tonight, today, is today, isn't it? The life you see me living is not mine that is lived by faith in the Son of God, the faith life. Life is meant to be worked through faith, through faith. It's not the easiest way, faith, but whatever the question is, I've never been in a a situation where someone has come and asked my advice where I haven't had to say, you simply have to trust God. You simply have to have faith faith that he's got you in this. You simply have to rely on him. It's actually about faith. Every question that you have about why this isn't working in your life or why that isn't working or how to unlock this area in your life or how to do this all comes back to faith. We kid ourselves if we think we can do it any differently. We kid ourselves if we think we can do it without faith. We just kid ourselves. It's simply about trusting Him. And I think it comes back to the first point. We like to think we can do it ourselves because it makes us feel a little better. But when you can actually let go and go, I have no idea, but I'm just going to trust God. I see where I want to be. I don't know how to get there from here, but I know that He does. I know that He loves me. I know that He's impressed with me. I know that He wants me to live the best kind of life that I can live. I'm just going to actually relax. I'm the passenger in this. He's got the wheel. I'm the passenger. You know, I enjoy a journey with my husband a lot better if I'm not trying to drive for him. If I'm simply sitting in the car, looking out the window, looking at the scenery, you know, looking in front, checking out everything that's around me, I actually enjoy the journey a lot better because my faith is in the fact that he knows where he's going. And can I suggest when Jesus is in the driver's seat... That's exactly what we're doing. We're just along for the ride and He knows the best route. He knows the best time. He knows exactly how to get us there. And for each one of us, what I love is it's totally different. It's tailor-made to your life. This is the best way for you. This is the most scenic route for you. This is the way that you will grow and expand and be able to walk into the fullness that I have for your life. And we need to have total faith and total trust in that. You know, for us, sometimes it's like, well, there's a detour, God, and I didn't see it coming and now I'm panicking because I don't know if I'm going to... Have you ever been on a detour and you're looking for the next sign? Where's the next sign? Where's the next sign? Where's the next sign? Because we're worried we're going to go off course. Can I say God never goes off course? He never goes off course. So we don't need to be worried about the detours because even if we take a wrong turn and we reap the wheel, He's well able to take it back and guide us back to where we need to be. Can we determine today, not to be backseat drivers, but to actually be content, to be perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect, whichever one it is. Can we just determine to let God take the wheel to relax, take a breath, enjoy the journey, trust that he knows exactly the right way to take you. Trust that no matter if it looks a bit rocky, he's going to get you through it he's going to get you to the other side perfectly imperfect happy to be on the journey learning each day how to do it better learning each day how to just let god live within you releasing the control and allowing him to take you on the journey that will actually be the journey of your life amen i want to encourage your soul this morning because i think we can get a little bit uptight about this we get a little bit uptight about checking our lives in comparison to other people well, this person's my age and they've done this and this person's my age and they're married with kids and i'm still single and this person's my age and they earn they own four houses and this person's my age or this person's at my stage and and they've done this you know god hates that because he is well able to just take you where you need to go we need to stop this and be no longer i that live but Christ that lives in me. Would you let me pray for you this morning while we stand to our feet? Lord, I just thank you this morning for the simplicity and profoundness of your word. And Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, I just pray for those of us who are on a a journey towards healing today. Lord, that we would just relax and allow you to take us and trust that you know the end from the beginning. I pray this morning for those of us who are here who are experiencing maybe relational breakdowns or issues. I pray, Lord, that we would spend less time trying to to formulate our words and trying to work the way through it and and more time listening to your voice and allowing you to to bring restoration and trusting that, that your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, I pray this morning for those of us here that are just seem to be going through a potentially stormy bit of the journey today. Lord, I just thank you and I trust you and we trust you today that we'll come through it, that you've got us in this. You've got us in this. You can see beyond the storm. You can see beyond the moment. Pray for those here this morning who may be confused about what, their, what the next part of the journey looks like or the which way to turn at the T-junction they've come to. Lord, I pray. That we would just take our hands off the wheel and and let you take it let you guide us and trust that you know the way forward you know the best for us Lord I, I just thank you for us being able to honestly say it's no longer I that live but but Christ that lives in me Lord you quicken us you expand us you have these amazing lives ahead for us Lord and so today just even just as we stand Lord I just in in our minds, just in our hearts, let us take our hands off the wheel and relax and trust and know that you always have our best. You always know the end from the beginning. You always know every step of the way and you've gone before us in this and I thank you for it in Jesus name. May it be just refreshing to our souls today. in Jesus name. everyone said? Amen. Hey, before we finish today. You know, you might be here this morning, and and this mightn't be your normal Sunday morning thing that you do. You've come along to church, and and you maybe come with a friend, or maybe you've been wanting to come for a while. And and you know, I've talked about a God who knows you, who knows you just intricately, who knows you better than anyone else, and the life that He has planned for you, and the purpose that He has planned for you, and and you're standing here going wow that would be so good if if that was true can I just tell you what it is God created you to have a relationship with him that's how it was in the beginning now I didn't always know that I haven't always been a Christian and I can remember being in a church service not too dissimilar to this and and hearing a message and and just knowing in my heart that's what I wanted I wanted that assurance that that someone had this for me, that someone had a plan and a purpose for my life, that there was a destiny, that, that great things were in front of me, that life was to be lived and that I wasn't doing it on my own. And, and in that moment I responded and my life changed forever in a way that I could never have imagined. And so this morning and every time we have a service in this building, we, we want to give that opportunity. So what I'm going to ask us to do is to close our eyes and bow our heads And if you're here this morning and you go, I'd really like that. I'd really like to know that Jesus is is living in and through me, that 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 plan and purpose for my life is there, that I've got someone that I can trust and rely on, that that just I want to give him the wheel this morning. I wonder if you would be just courageous enough just simply to slip your hand up and I'll just acknowledge it. I'm not going to embarrass you. Then we're all going to pray together. And I can guarantee you absolutely that it will change your life. I see you guys on the front row. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Anyone else here this morning? It changed my life. It actually gave me purpose and life in a way that I could never have experienced when I decided to take my hands off the wheel and let the creator, the designer, drive my life along. That's awesome. One more moment. Awesome. I see that at the back there. That's fantastic. That's tremendous. Hey, Church, why don't we just celebrate and congratulate these people that have made decisions this morning. Honestly, best decision. Best decision you will ever make. Best decision. Best decision. We're going to pray together. If you raised your hand, maybe you didn't get to the point of raising your hand, but that was really in your heart. We're going to pray this prayer together by way of commitment. And Church, we're going to pray it with everybody that raised their hand today, and we're going to believe it. With all our hearts. Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Thank You for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow You. Amen. Fantastic. Well, so we're going out, aren't we? We're taking our hands off the wheel. We're confident that He's got it, right? He's got it. We're confident that what we're looking for, the breakthrough we're looking for, He's bringing. We're confident that the direction He's taking us is going to get us where we need to go and we're confident that the plan for our life is the best one there is. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks.